to me, life with soul is your work, your life, your parenting, everything you're doing in alignment with how you want to feel on this planet. Midlife ladies. This is the Dear Midlife Podcast. Unapologetic girl talk that will help you remember who you are and figure out who in the hell you want to become. I'm Shelby Bybee, karaoke party queen, single mom, and an extrovert to a fault. And I'm Trinity Greenfield, a wild-haired woman full of sass, sparkle, and a heavy dose of black girl magic. So grab a glass and let's dive into the messy middle. So our guest today, Melissa Giller, is an MBA and former senior management consultant with a big four firm, but she decided to leave the corporate world behind on a whim. Mm, Or so she says, right? But in (laughs) reality, Melissa, like so many of us, Mm. went through what she calls her winter. And honey, when I say winter, we are talking full on Game of Thrones winter, right? (laughs) It was this year long feeling of being stuck, being lost during the early years of motherhood. We remember what that was like. Mm. And I'm sure that our listener out there resonates with this feeling where it's like your life is just completely out of alignment with your goals and your values. And you really don't know who you are anymore. Yes. I remember that for sure. Yes. But a massive panic attack woke Melissa out of the blue and was her catalyst to her journey of deep introspection, mindfulness, and inner healing. Mm. And thank you, Canada, for your generous year-long maternity leave practices. (laughs) Because it was during that time that Melissa began searching for her soul. Yes, and ultimately that journey led her to pursue her life, the spiritual coaching certification. And then she launched her coaching business, Life with Soul. I Mm. love that name. So she did that in August of 2020. And Melissa's focus is mindset work around the cognitive distortions, recognizing when your thoughts are running the show and then how to challenge the negativity within them. Yes. And since then, she has helped countless women find themselves, establish solid self-care practices, and truly find alignment in their lives, either Mm -hmm. personally or professionally. And she views self-compassion and non-judgment as the pathway to healing yourself and therefore your partner, your children, and all the world around you, right? So ladies, if this show has been resonating with you. We need your help to keep this content going. I had a cousin over the holidays tell me that this podcast has given her the dose of exactly what she needs when she needs it. If you're feeling the same way, please leave us a review because it helps us get the word out there so much more easily. Thank you so much for your support. So without further ado, Let's welcome to the show our guest, Melissa Giller. Thank you so much for being here today with us, Melissa. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. It's great energy so far. Yes, we're excited to have you. Yes, we are so excited because we know that you are an MBA 
-hmm. in a former senior management consultant with a big four firm. And you left the corporate world behind. You said on a whim, but I would love to know. (laughs) I don't know that anybody would do it on a whim. Yes. Right. (laughs) But we're really there with you and so eager to know what was the catalyst for your departure and what empowered you to make this leap of faith really. Mm -hmm. And that it was, yeah. On a whim, on a whim, I suppose of a year. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Like a a whim with a lot of M's on the end. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But, um, I say that because it went completely contradictory to who I was leading up to Mm. that moment. And the catalyst for that all was the biggest, um, journey of self-discovery I've ever gone on, which was motherhood. Ah, um, yes. The reason essentially. So I live in Canada and I am blessed with a years long maternity leave. Ooh. So I took that here. Leave. They're like, get your baby out and get back to work. Right. Come on. Oh, I had four weeks maternity leave That's with ridiculous. my second daughter, four weeks and a C-section. Mm. Yeah, I'm a C-section mom as well yeah, with my yeah. first and uh, another, I had an operative delivery with my second. So two kind of traumatic births requiring a lot of healing. I cannot yeah, imagine yeah. on top of the hormones and the sleep and the adjustment, like it seems to me a unique form of torture to send yeah. a woman back to work. 100% agree. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, there's, that's what's everything that's wrong in society. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, America. Yeah. Americans. <laughs> Canada, they seem As to do it say, right. There's, you know, two sides <laughs> to every story. Canada yeah. all what's cracked up to be at times, but um, yeah, anyways, I, yeah, I, I was on this mat leave and for the first time in my life, I was in a forced slowdown and mm. it was very uncomfortable for me, to be honest, to be put into this role, um, of caregiver. Like I, I never grew up with siblings. I'm an only child. So I didn't have a lot of that exposure and I, I wasn't really a babysitter. Like I was, this was like a foreign (laughs) thing to me having to be a mom, but at the same time, you know, I had this desire to kind of slow down. And there was this kind of other part of me that had taken opportunities for slowdowns and like introspection at other various points in my life. Like I have always been, I feel a very self-aware person. Mm-hmm. And I took a whole year off a gap year to go traveling between oh, my undergrad nice. and work. I was just like, I'm going to go figure it out. <laughs> I went, right? Love that. I, nice. you know, left um one corporate role before starting with that big four firm I took off like six weeks in between because I had all this vacation saved up and I was like I'm just gonna go you know figure it out before I start this change and it's just like right. it's kind of at okay with pausing um, so while you say this whim was totally unlike you maybe there are pieces of it that were more like you right than you give yourself credit for. And Mm -hmm. I think that's, it's like that a lot with women, especially Mm -hmm. as we're trying to figure out all the things, Yeah, you know, there's, there's things that we leave behind that are more like us and Mm -hmm. maybe you pulled it back into the picture. I like that. Yeah. That's so insightful. I think that's true because I think in some ways it was more that 
authentically me. Yes. And as I've kind of, I don't know if you're into human design, but I've gone down that rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, I now realize too, like my type in human design from my thirties to fifties, I I'm supposed to really spend it like more removed from society. Mm. When I found that out about myself, it resonated a lot. Like I was just feeling called to live a more intentional life. Mm. And, um, we knew we wanted to add to our family. Like we were hoping to have kids relatively close together. And my husband is an entrepreneur and his business was really starting to blossom at that time. So the natural feeling was like, just, just pause and see what happens. And from that, oh, so much happened. (laughs) So much was birthed out of that. It's like a wintering process in a way where you kind of go into this like dark, hibernation. And I'll say too, like where I live in Canada, I had both babies in the winter, a November Mm -hmm. and a January baby. And so very dark, like very Mm -hmm. cold. The seasons really symbolized, I felt like what I was experiencing in that time. And from that deep rest, you know, the spring did come and blooms and buds and ideas and businesses, (laughs) all sorts of things. Yeah. I love that. So you, you have your baby, you go on maternity leave and is it during your maternity leave that you determine I'm going to do something different? Yes. And no, it was during that leave that I began experimenting with like earning my own income, Mm -hmm. um, in terms of more like contract work. Like I was going to be like, okay, I'm going to take the approach of, I don't want a job. I want multiple income streams, let's say. And so I started teaching. Actually, I started instructing for the university, doing business communications teaching. But then I did get pregnant again. And unfortunately, I got actually quite sick. So Mm -hmm. I had, it wasn't um, the full-blown version of hyperemesis, but um, I threw up every single day of that pregnancy which was not fun. I barely gained weight. I had a two-year-old or under two at the time with me. And it was a dark night of my soul. Like I said, this winter was, it was a few years. It was a long winter. winter. You game, you game of thrones to that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. It truly was like, I actually, I broke my foot at, at one point in that period. I think I was five months postpartum with my second child and had a broken foot. So I was on like crutches and a boot and um, I was experiencing a, a lot of anxiety, believe it or not. No, I can believe, I believe it. it. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> right. So um, it all really came to a head for me. And it was the f- September of 2019. Mm-hmm. I had this massive panic attack that mm-hmm. like, I've never experienced anything like this before. And I really do feel it was like, you can call it God, spirit, the universe mm-hmm. shaking me by my shoulders and being mm-hmm. like, wake up. This is not the path you're supposed to be on because I, as I said, yeah, I'd never gone through something like that. And it was one of those moments where like your life was one way and then one day happened and your life was never the same again. And that's what prompted me to 
really regain a sense of control over my own well-being. Like I had been pouring and pouring and pouring from that empty cup for so long. And it really forced me to put my own self-care and development ahead of anyone else. And so this is when like my kids were turning three and maybe eight months kind of Mm -hmm. thing. I was also turning that corner of like the really tough baby stage things. And so, yeah, I got myself into various forms of healing, like different, I did like CBT therapy. I Mm. went birth trauma healing to address a lot of the stuff I'd gone through. Um, You know, we were in couples counseling due to all the changes we had experienced. I sought out shamanic healing and Reiki, like no, no stone left unturned. <laughs> You're like, what other spirits can I summon today? <laughs> like, like I was not afraid to try anything. What a I, departure from the corporate. Right. Space. The structured, the day, day. Oh my yes. Gosh. yes. Yeah. Go, exactly. go, go. Like I really do feel because of this like motherhood initiation, I was driven into this more divine feminine yes. of myself. I embrace rest and, you know, nurturing mm. self and others versus the hustle and the grind and the production and like masculine energy that I'd lived mm. in for 30 years. That's so that. beautiful. I mean, there's nothing more divinely feminine and spiritual than birthing another human being. Mm. Mm, right. First creating that human inside of you and then birthing this human. There's nothing more spiritual than that. Right. Well, then there's, I feel like at the raising point, there becomes a point that we kind of slip back into full on humanity. And, but it's like, there's this, almost this window of opportunity that you capitalized on where you are in this full divine feminine energy because you are feeding this child, you've created this child, all of this stuff is happening and you tapped into that energy at that moment, almost like when the portal was open. Yeah, that's such a- That's a great way of looking at it. But I also hear that you were feeling a little bit lost Mm -hmm. in that space and time too. And I think Mm. that, you know, when I think about women going through these big life changes and maybe it's having children, maybe it's where Trinity and I are now and our children are almost out of the house Mm. and grown or you go through a separation with your significant other, whatever is the case. When women go through these big life changes that often is a catalyst to us feeling lost or out of alignment and, or we lose almost a bit of our identity is what Mm -hmm. I really think it sort of comes to. What I hear you saying is that you felt like you had some trauma or some work that you had to do personally. And that was a first step to, to your healing. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, I think the approach that I really embody everything from now. Like it's so self-driven. And that's why Mm -hmm. I say like, I work on self-leadership as a coach, like whether that's a personal or professional pursuits, wherever you go, there you are. And you're Mm -hmm. not going to be showing up as the best mom you can be or partner Mm -hmm. or business owner, leader, unless you're really taking care of yourself and working through your own internal world and understanding that and how you operate and being self-aware, I think, and and learning how to regulate yourself to, to show yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. We, we show up empty far too often. Oh, absolutely. Far too long. Yeah. yeah. And it's so funny because I was actually, I was listening to this podcast yesterday where it's like in the West, 
you know, we, we have no qualms about wasting our resources, right? Like we waste water, heat, electricity. Mm. So that's the macro, like on the micro, we waste our energy on toxic people, situations, things. Candy crush. Exactly. Wasting (laughs) your precious reserves and resources. And it leads to this burnout and we're not meant to live like that. No. So that brings us to Life with Soul. Tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial endeavor with Life with Soul and what is your mission there? Yeah. So I have to say it's like, it's really evolved in a lot of ways too, because when I first started coaching, I was so focused on like the mom trauma (laughs) and that whole Mm -hmm. thing, things that happen to you that you don't realize are going to happen to you. And so I really worked in that space for a little while with moms, basically getting a handle on their self-care and then dealing with the emotional constraints that we put on ourselves, like the shoulds and the guilt questioning, why do you feel like you need to come last? And why have you shaped those patterns around you and fed that? that belief. And and then as I have been evolving in the last few years of this business, it's almost again, returning to those previous pieces of myself. And it's like getting back in touch with why I actually did love consulting and working in business and management. Like there, there is still a drive to make a difference there, but now I'm really focused on helping other women do this for themselves, begin their own awesome. start their own income streams of a, of a skill or a service that they could offer for others and build to me, life with soul is your work, your life, your parenting, everything you're doing in alignment with how you want to feel on this planet. Are you doing the things in all the ways that support that? Yes. So let's talk to our listener out there, that woman that is going through this transition. And maybe she is just now realizing like, Hey, I have this inkling. I want to do more. I want to be more. My job is killing me every day. I wake up thinking F these people and go to bed thinking F these people. Like, how do I break free? Some of the things that you do in your practice that help that woman to start to see where she can make a change and to start to identify areas where she can shift and, and start to realize what's important to her so that she can begin this journey. The most fundamental level is questioning. And you can honestly do this on a daily basis. How do I want to feel right? Like, how do I want to feel in my work, in my marriage, in my family life, in my home, in my week, right? Like, how do I want to feel? Do I want to feel expansive? Like I have lots of space and free time. Do I want to feel connected to others? And so when you start to ask yourself those questions, they really do start to form the guidance of what sorts of habits we need to create or what types of intentional blocks of time or activities we need to be putting into our our daily life or weekly life in order to meet those goals. And that's why I said, Mm -hmm. like, this could be on a a morning just with your coffee, little journal prompt. And based on how you answer that question, you can ask yourself, okay, well, then how can I get those feelings today? Right. Or it can be that overarching, like, how do I want to feel in my work? And if I don't want to feel breathed down my neck, or if I want to feel like I have more autonomy, 
how can we create those habits to start working towards those feelings? Right. And like, yes. you give those feelings to yourself right now today. What's one little decision yeah. or change or shift. Yeah. I love this, Melissa. Shelby and I have a deep seated conviction that your emotions are your compass. Mm-hmm. And when you stop and you connect with where you are right now, emotionally, you can see and feel where I'm off. I can feel something is off. And if I can get in tune with that emotion and the why behind it, then I can understand where my need for change is. And I love your perspective on this is then layering on, okay, now it's not only just understand where you may be off, but understand where you want to be on. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to be on? And, and what does that emotional feeling look like? If I were to abolish this emotion, that is my offness mm-hmm. and uncover the emotion that I want to feel. And I love the one that you gave as an example, feeling expansive. Oh my God. How many of us don't want to feel that every single Mm -hmm. day? Yeah. So what makes you feel expansive? Close your eyes, imagine dream. Yeah. What is going to put you in that space and starting to play from there? Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't have to look like the same every day, or it can still be that little baby step towards right something like if I want to feel like I'm on a beach vacation in the middle of January, um, I can just lay on the couch and have the sun hit my face for 10 minutes. I don't need to uh, drink a pina colada, right? Right. (laughs) Little ways. And as you said, play with it, get kind of curious and creative with giving yourself that feeling right now. Yeah. I like that idea of just small steps, even just the sun hitting you in in the face in the window, because I think as women, we often, I don't know if there are excuses or we let things stand in our way. Mm -hmm. I wake up in the morning and I know I feel like crap and I know I want to feel something differently. And I know I'm living out of alignment. And I know that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again. But yet I, I do. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know if you ever had that commercial. It's time to make the donuts. Sometimes every day I feel like I get out of bed and I'm like, it's time to make the donuts. That's right. <laughs> I don't know that commercial. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just a guy every day he would get out of bed and he was just yes. like mm-hmm. worn out. And apparently I- making donuts in Canada <laughs> is a lot more fun yeah. than it well, is. We have Timbits. So <laughs> there it is. But I would love to know what it is that you think that stands in women's way from making even small shifts and changes. And how do you overcome that with your clients? Well, I think, I think in a lot of ways we can start to identify with our excuses, right? And we don't realize that they're just telling a story. So like, I think a really common one is I don't have time. Mm-hmm. That's We all tell ourselves yeah. that yep. story. It's not. But what's true. that a smokescreen for? It's not true. I don't want to make the time is the, mm-hmm. is the exact yeah. thing, yeah. right? And I think that Sometimes it's the first step in, in being honest with yourself too. And like, I think this is where grace and compassion play such a huge role because like our brains physically want us to stay stuck. It's comfortable. We Mm -hmm. like doing what's expected and repeatable because it's routine and we feel safe in routine. Right. Um, But we can also make 
new habits or new routines, as I said, kind of in the direction of the changes we want. And if it's starting with how we feel the minute we wake up, is there something first thing in the morning that would shift that feeling? Because like an example was for me, I, I hated being woken up by screaming or like mom, right? Like I, Mm -hmm. I, I, it's just uh, like, who wants to wake up like that? Right. So I started honestly just getting up 10 minutes. I'd set my alarm 10 minutes to have a couple sips of coffee. It's set the night before. Like I had to start that habit, right? This is super simple, basic things, but like it was identifying this screaming sets my nervous system on like totally high alert first thing in the morning. So how can I, I want to feel calm when I wake up 10 minutes. Now I get up a whole hour typically before everybody else. And Mm. it's like, and you know, that sort of thing can, can ebb and flow over your lifetime, depending on what sort of season you're in with family and, and other commitments and whatnot. But I think really starting to understand like where your can'ts are maybe more won'ts Mm. and, and just disrupting the pattern Mm -hmm. with something positive and enjoyable. Like even if it's having a playlist you look forward to in the morning um, to help you feel more energized before going to work, even though it's ultimately your goal to leave that job in six months, can you feel just slightly more positive before you leave the house? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And it's funny, like me, I'm trying to be more intentional and mindful when I first wake up because I, that's the time that I notice like these random thoughts. I'll wake up with this crazy thoughts. Like I'm going, ah, I can't stand that person. And then I'll wake up and I'm like, who was I talking about? Like, like my body was, my mind was already in this space Mm -hmm. and I wasn't even awake yet. And so I'm trying to be much more intentional about before I even fully awaken, what do I want to think about? Mm. What do I want my brain to, to think about? And so I'm actually starting the night before by listing several things that I want to be either thankful for or who I am or how I want to think. And I think about those things and have my little mantra before I do that. And then my alarm clock is my phone. And so what I've done is I've made it so I can't reach my phone from my bed. I have to actually move a little bit, which causes me to have to grab it to look at it. And I have a sticky note with my mantra on it Mm, so that I'm remembering, oh yes, this is the first thing I'm supposed to be thinking about. And I will still often wake up with crazy thoughts. I, you know, stupid asshole. (laughs) I have to go, wait, I have a mantra one moment. And it's- (laughs) <laughs> breaking that it is um, and getting me there and it's those small teeny steps and mm-hmm. I know one day it'll happen naturally because I'm working on the small things now. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and that's the like the pattern disruptor just having that yeah. extra reach and the sticky note it's like the same leave your workout clothes on the you know that you have to get up and put them on like having um a trick you can play with yourself you know or yes as I mentioned, I had torn my ACL. So, um, 
with my injury, I actually had two tears. I tore the ACL and the meniscus. And mm. so unfortunately with the ACL, you want to start moving almost right away with the meniscus tear. You need rest. <laughs> What's one to do? <laughs> so I do this. Yeah. I one spent, leg, two programs. Exactly. <laughs> basically all of July, I was in rest because I was in a lot of pain and I couldn't really walk. So it was like, I spent basically a month on the couch. And so when August came and I got more into like a physio program and some of that initial pain had lessened, I had to start playing these games with myself to really like, it's, I don't know if you've ever had an injury. It's not a lot of fun to do like leg extensions for 10 minutes as a physio exercise, right? Or like how many little like toe raises can you do today? They're not that inspiring, right? So I would have to create little habits of even just, you know, I was trying to get back into walking. So just walk to the end of the block was my game. And mm-hmm. just walk to the end, then you can come home, like no questions asked, no ifs, ands, or buts. I'll feel good. I don't think I ever once came home mm-hmm. at the end of the block because I just, I got there and I was already just doing it. So it gets easier. The hardest thing is starting. It's the har- so, hardest thing is starting that first step. Yeah. So let's talk about that first step that you took when you left. Right. So I think for me, this is a big um, thing that I, I see with women who are, are wanting to step out. It is that first step of telling your job goodbye. And there's this courage factor. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I'm saying that intentionally versus a fear factor. Right. We mustering the courage to walk in the fullness of who we are can be terrifying sometimes. Yeah, no doubt about it. So and I'm that's curious doing it anyway, yes. right? Like, yeah. So how did you, first, I'm curious, give us the tea, honey. What did you tell your job when you yeah. left? <laughs> and, and then what did that real like first step that walk to the end of the block that yeah. sticky note on your phone. What did that look like? Oy. I mean, it's going back. I think naturally there's like, as we like the courage and the fear factor, and I'll be clear, like I left that job without having an income. Like I was like, I'm, it's not like I was like, I got my business ready and then left my job. I left. So, you know, I just want to make that clear <laughs> that like, you know, you have to evaluate your risk in certain sense of the word to just mm-hmm. job. But for, for us, yeah, that was definitely a concern. Like I said, I didn't have another income. So obviously it's like, how are we going to make this work? Um, so I had to rely thankfully on my business training and accounting skills and create a budget for ourselves. But I think having like that budget for me, was just something to hold on to. And it was a little Mm. piece of control that I felt like I could exert in this really scary decision, right? So I think having something that makes you feel like you've got a plan is essential to your feelings of security um, in making a big move like that. So, and I guess I, I probably knew at like six months in, I wasn't gonna go back after the year but I didn't say anything. (laughs) Right. Right. So I, I, 
I don't recommend sitting on an egg like that for six months. <laughs> Not uh, great for like your feelings of like calm. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, just like this looming news that I had to deliver. But I mean, they Good. wished me well. And I'm still in contact with many of the folks I used to work with and have explored contract work with them. Oh, great. It was all all fine and dandy at the end. Like I didn't feel like judged or looked down on, but it's actually funny because the, one of the directors in, in that role, she had taken five years off when she had her kids like 20 years before. Um, and she's quite successful and I respect her very much. So I think that the more women maybe actually embrace, like, it's okay to do that, or it's normal to want to do that, or just like, you need to nurture yourself. Like if you're having kids kind of back to back, there's not a lot of room to regroup in between. Right. And so I just wish it was more culturally accepted to take these pauses and that like the work we do as women is valuable. And it's just like, I wish it was valued in the same way as earning a paycheck. Yeah. I think it is becoming more acceptable societally speaking. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that I'm more and more familiar with women that have flexible work hours or, Mm -hmm. you know, Trinity and I both work in our day jobs remotely. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a little bit more flexibility in that space, but I completely agree that we're not a hundred percent there yet, but I want to dwell on this idea of self-care. You've mentioned it a couple of times and I feel like there's so many definitions of self-care. Trinity and I have published so many of these podcasts. I don't know how many of our guests have mentioned the idea of self-care and each one has sort of a different definition. So I'd love to know what is your definition of self-care and what do you advocate us women or our listener can do to honor um, what it is that they know that they need in order to quiet or pause or nurture their selves. What do you recommend? Yeah. Um, so I think self-care is any activity that feeds yourself. Like, mm-hmm. and then, and so that, that shifts and it's about identifying what it is that you need, because, um, there's times where your need for self-care is to surround yourself with a group of girlfriends and good food and wine, or it's to go for a walk with your mom, or you need a nice long bath alone or a trip to a spa, a weekend entirely away in nature, like it changes, right? And so it always, I think, is going again back to the feelings and the emotions and identifying what's working for me, what's not working for me. And if I'm feeling a lack of connection, I need to plan, I need to reach out. I need to initiate these connection points. Um, And that might look like just a brunch this weekend, but in three months I'm gearing up for this girl's weekend or something like that. Right. Um, Just daily self-care do I need to move a meeting? Am I too overwhelmed today that I just need a bit of a, a that pause in the afternoon? I want to have a nice lunch to myself. Like I, you know, mm-hmm. um, do I need to get to bed earlier? Just what's like, 
the the unwinding before bed even I find like do I have enough of a buffer between the mental load of the day and sleeping like just identifying I think where you're feeling again the things that are that are working well and, and then double down on those activities like does that morning walk really need to be secure in your schedule because every time you do it you feel like your day goes so much better I mean it's yeah both both ways what's working what's not working love that and then there's something else that you had I think stated when we were connecting to invite you on the podcast and it was the phrase cognitive distortions Mm. and I would love to know what does cognitive distortions mean to you and how do they impact women who are on this journey? Oh my gosh. Cognitive distortions basically determine how good you're feeling at any given point in the day. Oh, really? Oh, I I think so. It's, it's a CBT term. And so there's in my research and experience, 10 different types of distorted ways of thinking. So I think we can all identify with every single type. There's Mm -hmm. all or nothing thinking like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I've already eaten one chip. I'll just eat the whole bag now right? Um, I understand that. Yes, I think so. I think we all do. There's, you know, um, a mental filter, like this always happens to me. This is just like, it's a never ending pattern Mm. of something we fortune tell. I'm going to blow this interview. I'm going to make a fool of myself on camera. Mm. You know, we fortune tell, we mind read. Oh, he must think I'm crazy. She's Mm. She thinks I'm lazy, you know, whatever we're like assuming people are thinking about us, um, should statements. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd also say like the cognitive distortions, we use them on ourselves internally. Like, oh, I should, I should have been a better mom. I should know better. I should really clean my house. Like where are the shoulds coming from? Right. But we also use these in like how we communicate and how we perceive others we're placing shoulds. He shouldn't talk to me that way. Mm. He shouldn't be upset by this. Right. Or, um, being, you know, we mental filter or like, don't see the positive discounting the positive it's called on other people all the time. Like you wouldn't have done that if I didn't tell you to do it. Mm. Right. You always do this. Like we, so the, once you can start, to identify like, oh, I'm getting a little bit stuck in all or nothing, or uh, I'm kind of discounting the positive. Again, when you know better, you do better and you can call yourself on it. And again, it becomes a little bit of a game. Like, is this true? Mm -hmm. How can I challenge that? And I believe in doing so, you really do start to lessen your feelings of anxiety because a lot of these distortions are kind of like future focused or things that are out of our control, like what would happen or what people are thinking about us, Mm -hmm. like that can cause a lot of anxiety. And also it helps to lessen feelings of depression because a lot of these thoughts can ruminate on past experiences as well. And like, I wish this had never happened to me. You know, when you're getting stuck in these kind of Mm retroactive ways of thinking a lot of the times they're distorted by your emotional experience like there is one emotional reasoning it's like I'm a failure right well you might Mm. feel like one because you tried something that didn't work but like are you truly a failure no but if we don't catch the way that we think then we get stuck in the negative emotion 
I love that. And I, so CBT, I just want to clarify for our listener out there is cognitive behavioral therapy. Is that that's correct? correct? Yeah. I find that so interesting because I haven't really put a name to these things before, but I know, for example, as I was rising in my corporate environment, we had senior staff meetings every month, I think it was. And I had a seat at the table and I always felt like, oh, I can't speak up. I was afraid to speak up because I I thought I would make a fool out of myself. I thought I would say something that people would be like, oh, she's stupid, you know? And so I forced myself to overcome that by tasking myself with asking at least one question or making at least one comment in the meetings. Um, So you take those little steps to overcome those, those distortions in your own Mm -hmm. mind. I love that. I had no idea what those were called and we'll make a point to put those in our show notes so that our listener can reference those, because I think that's a really powerful concept is to be able to recognize your own patterns there Mm -hmm. and to call those to the forefront and then work to overcome them. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I actually have a free course on my website on the cognitive oh. distortions. So oh, great. I can send you the link to that. Like it's called a mindset for miracles and, and how I feel the best way to work through these things is exactly that, like identifying the thoughts that you're having. And you could do this in any old journal. You don't need a, a workbook to do it, but mm-hmm. it's like, what's the thought and is it true? And like, just what's a more logical thought? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. And then you start to turn the dial on those feelings a bit, right? Because it's like, it's, we're humans. We, we have feelings. The goal is never to erase having emotion. It's Mm. just like, how much of it do you want at any given time, right? And I feel that like a little bit of anxiety is a good thing because it helps us do our best. It helps us prepare more. It helps us have that kind of like nervous energy that does actually propel us into action, but you don't want to be overpowered by it. So instead of thinking this is going to go completely wrong and fail, right. It's like, I, I may make a mistake and, and I will be okay. Even if I do. (laughs) Well, it's so funny because I call call my kids out on this all the time. Oh, mom, I have to go to this party because everyone's going to be there. I'll be like, "Mm, really everyone but we, we fail to do that for ourselves. Mm-hmm. We fail to, to dig into our own excuses or cognitive distortions yes. and, and bring those to light for ourselves. So I love that idea. Is it true? If it's not true, what is a more logical mm-hmm. thought? Awesome. And we'll definitely put the link to your free course on cognitive distortion in our show notes. And on that topic, if our listener wanted to reach out to you, tell us where she might also find you. Yes, she can find me online. I'm at melissagiller.com and I have a variety of resources available to go through. Um, I also show up on Instagram. It's kind of my my only platform. I have my podcast, Life with Soul, um, which is found through both website and Instagram or any streaming platform. But If I'm going to be on social media, that's where I'll be. (laughs) Great. Perfect. Well, we really have enjoyed the conversation, Melissa. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I loved loved this conversation. Thank you. Great. Well, I can't wait to go out and I'm like really, I have my my wheels turning about this cognitive distortion now and where I'm doing some of these things in my own life and can't wait to use some of these skills. So thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Thanks. All right. 
What a great conversation today. Mm-hmm. Man, there were so many good takeaways and ahas and light bulb moments in this conversation for me. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I want to start with what I really dug. And that was this notion of asking yourself, how do I want to feel today in my life? How do I want to feel? And then considering, okay, if this is how I want to feel, then what's one little shift or one thing that I can do today to bring these feelings into my life? Yes. I thought that was so powerful too. And one of the things that sort of stood out to me was those little shifts and those little steps can help us to identify maybe where our can'ts are possibly won'ts, mm-hmm. right? We're all afraid sometimes to put that foot forward. And if we can disrupt that pattern with something positive, even if it's something small, that can make the biggest impact. Absolutely. And that really leads us to the next point for me, which is, and we know this, we know this ladies, the hardest thing is starting. Yes. Yes. Just starting. But if you can break down those big goals or those new habits into Mm -hmm. the smallest possible steps. It gives you a starting place that you can jump in and do. Do not eat the whole whale. Do not try to ride the whole elephant. Don't do the whole (laughs) thing. Honey, break it down to that one small step that you can do today and start there. Let's all start there. Yeah, just start, right? Yes. And when we think about starting, one of the things I know I need to start is a better practice of self-care. That is one of the goals that I have for 2023. Self-care, you know, we talked about that being any activity that just feeds your soul. But in the vein of just putting a foot forward and starting, maybe what it is that you start isn't working perfectly. And that's okay. You know, try something new then just continuously reassess that. And if it's not working, then make an adjustment. It's as simple as that. But the starting and the foot forward, that first step is is key. Absolutely. And, and you know, this takes us to our final takeaway for today around the piece on cognitive distortions, which really was, it was a new concept for me, maybe mm-hmm. a new term, but the yeah. concept itself was intuitive and made sense. But understanding that cognitive distortions are tendencies and patterns that really paint a false or an inaccurate picture of the world around you and why people may be making certain decisions. So instead, ask yourself, is this true? Mm -hmm. And if it's not true, what is a more logical story? And you have the power to create that shift in your life by questioning that as a truth, what you're seeing, what you're hearing, and changing the story. And I think we can all change the story. We can all change the story. Yeah. So I challenge you 
What stories are you living in your life right now that you need to change? What are the things that you've accepted as truths about your life, the life that you are in charge of, that really you have the power to shift by saying, you know, hey, asking yourself, how do I want to feel? By taking those steps, by asking yourself, is this story true? And if it is not, what's a more logical story and beginning to live out that part of your life? And we would love to hear from you. And what are some of those shifts that you are going to make as a result of what you've heard today, knowing full well that Shelby and I are right in there in the mosh pit with yes, you, honey. Yes, we are. Making our shifts with <laughs> you. And um, as Shelby said earlier, we would love to hear from you and we would love a review. We would love to know how we are resonating with you and, and just how this conversation hits you so that we can continue to grow the conversation that we are all having and loving together every week when we meet right here and spend just a little bit more time 